ADHD Babes, the podcast, a podcast hosted by the ADHD Babes community for the community. Join us every two weeks to share in our babes' personal experiences, get useful tools and be educated by special guests in topics such as ADHD management, relationships, general well-being, tech and fun, culture and more. Please note, nothing mentioned during the podcast is meant as a diagnosis. If you believe you have ADHD, please seek professional advice and visit or join ADHDbabes.com for help with diagnosis. No clinical diagnosis is required to join. And now, you're listening to the next episode of ADHD Babes, the podcast. Welcome back to another episode with us at ADHD Babes, the podcast. Thank you everyone who's joined us so far. Please don't forget to leave us a rating and review and share it with others. Today's episode is hosted by me, Shauna, and we're going to be talking with Priyanka, or as she's known on TikTok and Instagram, Little Miss ADHD. Welcome, Priyanka. Tell us a bit about yourself and when you got formally diagnosed. Okay, well, hi, Shauna. Thank you so much for having me on here. I'm super excited. Um, So, oh my God, I can't believe this has already started. What did you ask me? (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God, I'm actually so embarrassed. Don't be. It's literally been one second. (laughs) Okay. So, (laughs) tell us a bit about you, who you are, and where you're from, and um, when, when you got diagnosed. Okay. I can break that down. So who are you? (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, you know what? It's easy that way because you made like three, four different points. And I'm just trying to focus on one. And then the next one comes, I'm like, all right, I forgot the first one. Um, (laughs) So yeah, like you said, my name is Priyanka. So I'm originally from Watford. So it's just outside London. And I moved up to the Grotty Grotty North in Manchester about uh, two and a half years ago. Um, so I currently work as a clinical mental health pharmacist for the home treatment uh, mental health crisis teams. Um, and yeah, that's the first part of the question, right? Yeah, that is. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Second part of the question was when did you formally get diagnosed? So for me, it was quite recent. Uh, it was the end of August. Uh, so yeah, it was a a very like it's a very life-changing thing when you get diagnosed and I think everyone kind of agrees with that because everyone says you kind of go through like the five stages of grief and it's so true because Mm. you know I feel like I'm still in the anger stage like I just want to fight my doctors who just weren't (laughs) listening to me and I want to fight all the people who are just like no you don't have ADHD and I'm just like they're whipping out my paper like look no I do (laughs) whipping out my meds like look I do um but you know what? It's it's also a really good thing, I feel, because it gives you so much clarity. Yeah. And you're just like, you know what? I'm not actually a useless human. Mm. Um, there are certain things which I struggle with and that's OK. But at least you understand that it's not just you just being lazy or being yeah. forgetful or just not Absolutely. caring. So, you know, it's I'm learning so much about my condition every single day. Mm. And you know it's it's annoying because we have to work so much harder I feel than neurotypicals to just do basic things but I think once we get over being annoyed and angry about that 
yeah and you know we kind of just get on with life but you know everything just starts to make sense mm. and you know I always like to describe it you know that meme of Charlie Day like you know no. with the, where he's got that board and he's like can have you seen it when he's got the board and he's got like all these things on it probably oh my god you know <laughs> I'm gonna send it to you later anyway yeah. he's got like this manic look on his face and it's and he's basically trying to like it's like you're trying to put together like all the dots and everything mm. and it's, it literally describes exactly what everyone goes through yeah because it's like oh that's why i did that oh yeah. that's why i do that oh that's yes. why i can't do that yeah yeah, so, yeah it's, it's like life just makes sense yeah yeah absolutely like it, literally every single person who has um been able to get their their diagnosis formally has been like exactly the same like oh okay and then there's this and this and this and this and this um the episode that we released just that's going to be just before this one um was about remembering childhood symptoms and Mm. so we were kind of going through and going oh do you know this and this and this when I was younger and the teacher was just like Shauna needs to shut up and stop talking hello oh my god (laughs) yeah do you know what that yeah that was really bad with me I always got in so much trouble because mm. it's like, I mean, I, I feel like our cultures would be quite similar. And, uh, you know, when you're a young girl, mm. like if you're there shouting, running around, you know, it's like, what are you doing? You yeah. should be more respectful, but it's never really the same with boys. It's like boys will be boys. Mm. But when we do that stuff, it's just like, don't don't do it like, what are you doing yeah, yeah yeah you're bringing shame to our family. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Um, so it. You've kind of touched on a point which I didn't um, mention. Obviously, we have mostly had um, black people uh, or women or non-binary people come on as guests. Mm -hmm. You're not black, but you are a person of colour. So just to clarify with everybody, what is your (laughs) descent? (laughs) Just because we will be talking about it and I want them to be able to understand the full context of of what we're talking about. So can you clarify your descent for everyone? Yeah, so my family, uh, we come from an Indian heritage, mm-hmm. but uh, they're at, so my mum was actually born in Kenya. There were a lot of Indians who actually uh, emigrated. I think that's the right word. I don't know if it's emigrated or immigrated, immigrated but it's one of those yeah, words. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway, yeah. So a lot of them immigrated to like um, Kenya, Nairobi, those kind of places. So my mum's family was there, and then she moved over here when she was a baby. My dad moved over here when he was about twelve years old. Um, but yeah, like I've not done one of them 23 and me tests, but I am no. <laughs> very sure that I've not got any surprises in my mix. <laughs> but so yeah, full, full Indian. <laughs> okay, great. I, I'm, I have Indian in my blood myself. So oh, do you? yeah, both them, so, um, what would have been India at the time, but it's probably more Pakistan now. Um, okay. But it is more where they they immigrated, so it's like they went to the West Indies. So, um, mm. my both of my granddads, uh, I think both of their dads, I can't actually remember, but both of their they're they're basically half Indian and half black. Oh, um, okay. And then my grandmas are both, um, three quarters black and a quarter white because their dads are mixed race so right, I have a lot okay. I actually do have a lot of mixed yeah so there'll be some mix. hidden surprises there if you yeah yeah start at the beginning actually so you mentioned kind of um now that you have your diagnosis what was it that for you that really kind of um made you think okay I need I have th- there must be something that I that 
is wrong, I guess. I don't really know how, how yeah, I put it so, myself. What was it for you? I mean, like now, like when I sit back and think about like my whole life, like it makes sense. But at that time, I guess you just feel like it's just you. And mm. there's just, you know, it's just who you are as a person. And back when I was like at uni and school, like, you know, I just thought that I was like an emotional forgetful ditzy person like it was just me mm. um and then I think it was everything kind of like oh everything just went I'm trying to say this without swearing because no, swear, I'm fine. just <laughs> mindful that I have to be <laughs> professional <laughs> um you know I'm just saying like you know everything just went very chaotic when I basically had to be an adult in a mm. sense because you know there's a lot of responsibilities um it's very stressful yeah and us ADHDers are not very good at handling all of that so when I moved up to Manchester a lot of stuff happened so like uh we got robbed uh, oh. my granddad passed away I was in and out of hospital because of endometriosis oh, like gosh. I just started a new job and then because I was not handling all of that stress well um I ended up with alopecia and I, <gasps> I lost like nearly 50 percent of my hair yeah like oh, I had a patch be... like this big it was oh. it was really bad yeah. um oh yeah you guys are gonna be listening so I can't like I just visually show it's, it's okay we do it all the time no worries but yeah. <laughs> It was about the size of I don't know what this size would be. Um, I don't know either. Uh, size of of a of an average fist, I would say, or a bit bigger. I don't, I don't yeah. know. Anyway, like the, yeah, crown, it was just, the crown area kind of thing, yeah, like that yeah, kind of yeah. It was, <laughs> it was all over my head, you know. Mm-hmm. Like I, I think at one point was very convinced I was going to go bald, and oh, no. I was so surprised I wasn't because the amount of hair I was losing, I was yeah. like, this this going to happen. So, um. So yeah, things were like very tough. I just wasn't handling things. I, I don't think anyone would, but I did not handle it particularly well at mm. all. Um, so, you know, I went to my doctors because things just weren't getting better. Mentally, I was struggling a lot. So they diagnosed me with depression. And when I think about it at that time, yeah, I probably did have depression, but they put me on medication and I was like, okay, but that like you said there's something missing like mm. you, you still feel like there's something going on and I was like this just doesn't seem right so they upped my dose which gave me more side effects uh so I was like no put me back down mm. um and then I was just trying to figure out I was like what is going on with me like this just doesn't make sense and I and bet then, all of these this like these kind of side effects would have and not reducing the stress levels because it's not really doing the trick would yeah. have made other symptoms a bit worse as well, like the, like the alopecia. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Like, you know, all of these meds have very nasty side effects, um, you know, if you're one of the unfortunate people who experiences them. So, yeah, that was all going on. And then um, I am actually one of the people who, because of a TikTok video, it kind of, it was a light bulb moment for me. And I, yeah. I, you know, I don't know if we'll touch upon social media and stuff later on um, in regards to ADHD. You mm-hmm. know, there's a lot of good, but there's also bad with it. Yeah. Uh, but I think the one thing I want to say when it comes to social media is use it as someone opening the door for you. Yeah. Um, you know, don't use it as someone opening the door, sitting you down in a room, handing you a cup of tea, that mm. kind of thing. Like mm. it opens the door for you. So, you know, I saw a video about the symptoms in women and I was like, oh my God, this resonates with me so much. I was like, this, there's no way this could be this could be ADHD. Uh, you know, even being someone working in mental health, I was still very like, can women have it? 
you know, it's an adult habit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, I thought ADHD is just like, you know, being hyper and running around. Like, you know, that's what everyone thinks. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I did a lot of research into it. And because I work in mental health, I know what criteria to be looking at. So, it, like, the, the puzzle was like, it was like coming together. Yeah. And I was so convinced that this was it. And, mm. yeah, I remember telling, like, my family and my friends. And they just, like, literally looked at me like I had probably said the most offensive racial slur or something because oh uh, I was just like you know it, it's because I think it's when so many people make you doubt yourself that you're just like is this really is this really it or am I just mm. overthinking and and whatever but um but I was so convinced and I still got you know <laughs> my GP's therapist like no you don't have it let's try in another antidepressant and I remember speaking to my therapist and, you know, he just, I don't even know if he heard me or just decided to ignore me when I mentioned ADHD. Yeah. So I was just like, okay, I won't mention it again. <laughs> um, and then yet yeah, things were just getting like worse and worse. And then it came to the point where I just had enough. And I went into my GP, literally like, I was ready to throw hands. I'm, I'm not going to lie. I, I went in, um, I was just like bawling my eyes out to my GP and I was just like I am not leaving until you send me a referral because I've got this symptom I've got that symptom I don't know why you guys are just keep changing my medication mm. um so she kindly listened to me and referred me on but then as you guys know the referral process is a joke it is ridiculous but at this point because I was mentally so bad. Like I had to, I, cause I lived in Manchester. I'd go back to London for a few months. I'd quit my job. Um, you know, things were just going so down for me. Yeah. So I had to get my dad involved. Um, and it's another thing, which I want to talk about, about later as well, when it comes to like parents and all yeah, of this. Definitely, definitely. He went against the typical stereotype and he did everything to help me. Mm. And it was literally because of him. I ended up actually getting seen quicker. Nice. Um, because, Thanks, you know, Dad. I was at risk technically. <laughs> So, yeah, I think that parental instinct comes in. Mm. I heard him on the phone and he was like threatening to sue them and everything. And I was good. Like, yes, daddy. <laughs> yeah, good dad. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I got, fortunately, I did get seen then after he'd literally shouted at them. Um, but to be fair, they'd messed me around so, mm. so much. Like they were being awful about the whole process so yeah um I ended up with a, a diagnosis at the end of October and then I was put on medication quite quickly actually uh and then yeah here I am now like you know a bit more a bit more mentally stable not entirely there because we're all a bit you know we hate this place I hate England right now so. oh my god but... it's, it's so cold so cold so cold <laughs> Oh my god, don't I was I've been using my dog as a foot warmer because I don't want to put the heating on, you know? <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll share a secret with you. One hot water bottle. Oh my god, you got the long ones as well. I got that. <laughs> Two hot water bottles. Oh my god. Oh my god. I thought you were gonna whip out a third one. That would have been impressive. No, the, I, I did just have the heater on before we, we started though. So there was yeah. this room is hot is warm. I'm warm, but the rest of the house not so much but yeah yeah it's too cold too cold too cold yeah <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah so so great that you got diagnosed because yes oh my gosh the queue is so long um mm. I ended up going privately because I can't do the whole waiting period like yeah None the, of out, out of that symptom that probably my worst yeah. and like and 
it's funny because it is kind of like you, you're literally asking me if I'm impatient and then go and be patient. I literally made a video about this on TikTok, actually, about how anti-ADHD these ADHD clinics are. Absolutely. Like it is, it is so ironic. You could laugh. Yeah, but yeah, that's what that's one of the things. Yeah. So I I actually ended up like just finding um a private place that I could get diagnosis. So I didn't go through titration because they were just like out of my price range. Um, mm. But I wanted to know. I had to know if I yeah. was just going crazy or like convincing myself that I I'd, I'd seen something that I you know it's not applicable yeah, to me exactly. and I couldn't couldn't go forward with life like just having it on my shoulders, like in the back of my head. So I went and got diagnosed and. I got my diagnosis um but I still tried to get like the referral through the NHS so that I could get my medication through the the NHS Mm -hmm. and about four months after my GP sent the referral I got a letter from Sussex um, mental health center saying we're really sorry we did get your referral but our queue is years with an s long Mm. we can't give you a date so right now, yes, I have my diagnosis. I got diagnosed literally, I think it's a year ago today, actually. Um, and I would still be waiting and not knowing and still feeling those things. Whereas now yeah. I can go through that grieving process. I can go, okay, I can be kind to myself because I had it. Now, mm. anyone who wants to ask for mental health help is asking for help right now. Yeah. Not in years t- time. Like if if I was suicidal, um, which some are, I'm not, but some are, you're you're telling me, oh, it's years wait. That's just driving me to be like, oh, I can't get the help I need. So I'm just going to go and finish what I was trying to start. Do you get what I mean? Yeah, this is the issue. Yeah, it's it's a a joke. I feel like, so I, I work for like secondary mental health services and it's like, why are you not? putting preventative measures in place Mm. you know it's it's so unethical to kind of leave patients to the point are you okay yeah sorry back spasm (laughs) (laughs) you just made a face (laughs) caught me by surprise (laughs) yeah what me no the spasm oh right okay okay but yeah you're all good i'm good i'm good just ignore me (laughs) don't worry don't worry um but yeah i was just saying it's like you know you can't just let patients deteriorate to the point that you're only going to help them when they're in that crisis. Mm. And this is where I feel like primary care, like GPs, therapists, all of that stuff needs to get better because you need to catch the patients when they're at that point, when Mm. they're going to deteriorate, but they're still got that mental capacity to engage with services to kind of ensure that they don't deteriorate. You know, don't just keep them on a waiting list and then, get them to the point of crisis that they have to go to emergency services. Um, you know, the, this is where I think... You can get seen. <laughs> Sorry? The only time you can get seen. Yeah, exactly. Like, this mm. is this is the issue. And then you, you wonder why, like, A&E waiting times sometimes are so long. Um, it's the only and time it's you just... can actually get help. I know, yeah. Um, that, I mean, I suppose while we're talking about the NHS and I guess men- the mental health services, we can go into your work as a clinical mental health pharmacist. Did I, did I get that yeah, right? Yeah. 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 <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> so firstly, what is a clinical mental health pharmacist? So um, I'll just say, I'm, I, I think when people hear the word pharmacist, they kind of think like, you know, boots, 
pharmacist that gives you your meds. So that is like an aspect of it, but there is a lot more to it. I mean, you know, we have done a lot of training. We had to do four years at uni and then we do a pre-reg year. Um, and then we have to get qualified and put on a register. So some people have the impression that we just kind of take meds off a shelf and give it out. But there's a lot. We are basically experts in the way that medicines work in the body. Right. And, you know, we understand how like medicines interact with, with each other. We can give advice and help patients, you know, tailor patients to have medication that's suited for them and the conditions that they have. And, you know, we advise on ways to cut down medication, ways to decrease side effects. You know, that's just some of the things that we touch upon. And then when it comes to mental health, it's basically all of that stuff, but also it's just for men mental health, really. But the, the thing is, when it comes to mental health, it's a very, I think, actually, it's probably one of the hardest things um, as a clinician, whatever type of role you're in, to um, know about. Because you have to consider a patient's physical health right. as a whole thing. And then on top of that, you've got their mental health. And both of them will come hand in hand. Whereas, you know, if you're a clinician within something to do with physical health, you know, you don't have that mental health at no. lingering in the back. You've just got to treat that physical symptom. But yeah. with us, we always have that physical health no matter what. Yeah. So there's a lot that goes involved with that. And mental health medication is very, very complex. Uh, this is probably one of the things I love it so much because there's no right answer. Like, you know, with blood pressure medication, you know, you measure your blood pressure, if it's at a certain number, okay, we'll try this one. If that doesn't work, we'll try the next one. Med mental health drugs are not like that. Like, not one person is going to respond the way to one drug the same way the next person is going yeah, to. Like, yeah. you know, it's it's trial and error, really, mm. and trying to tailor it so it's going to suit that specific person, mm. you know, and actually look at what type of symptoms they have. And, you know, there's a lot of crossover with other mental health diagnosis yeah. that yeah. you have to really understand what is entailed with those different conditions mm. to give out those diagnoses um, properly. So, so yeah, it's a very complex, but very interesting line of work. So I'm going to start at the beginning because I have loads of questions about everything you just said. All um, right, go on. Shoot. <laughs> <laughs> I'm ready. Firstly, I'm ready. <laughs> how, was, how was the studying? So obviously most people, most women um, or um, females, uh, who or people who are inattentive tend to find that it's university that is where they really start to see the big, big struggles. Yeah. Um, and four years at uni, that's that's really a good achievement for someone who probably would have, like everybody else, had their own struggles at that point in their lives. Like, how did you find actually studying it and getting your qualifications so you can become a registered clinician? I mean, it it was so hard. I feel mm. like I boxed up that trauma and just like <laughs> kicked out the door because it was hell when I think about it. Like, it's so annoying because intelligence is not affected by ADHD mm. but because it really affects the way that you study and perform under pressure it's so easy to try and like basically say to yourself oh my god I'm done like I don't understand why is this not going in why couldn't I do that why did I make that silly mistake there's a lot of self-hatred and just constant beating up and comparing and that's literally what my whole uni life was because I was like saying to myself I was like I swear I'm intelligent but why are my grades not showing that like yeah. why can't I do well in these tests like why are all my friends 
seeming to always get higher than me like I it's not good to compare but it's very hard when you have a group of friends who are all doing the same thing together and it was always me I always felt it was me who had just kind of scraped it and it really got to me because it's like I feel like I'm trying so hard but it's just it's not getting there and lectures no no way I was falling asleep in lectures like (laughs) my friends have got videos of me falling asleep in lectures like I could not concentrate at all nothing would go in mm. I would try my uttermost to just focus but it was not going in nothing yeah. was ever going in so um I only went to the lectures which were compulsory attendance there was this this one lecturer who you know she's one of them annoying ones she's got those registers at the front you know like we're in primary school or something and I'm like bro I'm 20 why are you doing this like why do I have to <laughs> sign in for attendance like this but anyway like you know well, like, you, post was... the, you post the study notes on online afterwards I'll just read those exactly she made the statement at the start of the year she was like if you don't have at least 80 percent attendance if you've got any questions I won't help you and I was like uh sorry what we're paying nine and a half grand and you don't want to help us, um, yeah. particularly with people and neurodivergent mm-hmm. and especially autism as well. If you can't get yourself into uni lectures, like that's very ableist. Yeah. Um, but anyway, that's a whole other whole situation. Other we'll but have yeah, you back like, on, I, don't worry. <laughs> yeah, I, I felt I could only revise if I was in my room. I tried mm. going to the libraries, but <clears throat> could not. Like I'd, I'd go there in the space of eight hours. All I've done is buy like two expensive, really sad meal deals uh you know opened up a tab yeah. and then got my pencil case out and then that's it that's it my whole day is gone and it's like what have I done what have I actually done it's it's literally oh. it was so annoying so mm. I could only revise in my room and even then it was hard because I you know, I was just like why am I getting distracted why can't I just not concentrate I need to yeah. focus I need to focus but then you'd have those spurs of moments where you're mm. like there for hours yeah like, there's this, like... this one piece of coursework I literally sat down for five hours straight and, do, and did it I still got 42 percent I was fuming <laughs> after all of that but anyway <laughs> um so yeah it was it was very hard like it was kind of an auditory process <clears throat> processing mm. I don't know why I could never do it like I had to have things written out for me to actually sometimes let it go in and even then it was hard like visual revision was the way I could do it and yeah. I think that's something which I've learned is very ADHD trait yeah. because we learn things more visually and it makes sense why I used to draw these mind maps where I used to I used to make all these cartoons and everything and there's this um YouTube account called two minute science and I used to rinse that because two minute science with these cartoons that is literally the best thing for someone with ADHD who's studying a science-based degree <laughs> so if anyone is there studying a science-based degree two minute science on mm. YouTube go it'll be your best friend so yeah. you know that's the only way I, it was a massive struggle and mm. I literally scraped my two one I'm not even joking yeah. like, I was like two percent <laughs> off from getting a two two but you know, it's fine. Hey, don't matter. They're not looking at it's the percentage, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and do you know what? Like, um, they always say that those people who get first, they don't believe that they have lived. Yes. So yeah, that's true. They, then they also prefer people to get a two one because it means that you had some life experience and you could still get uh, a degree, I guess. But I, I'll take my two one and I'll, I'll just run with it. Um, yeah, no, two ones. We're better people. The, the first people, they think they're all that, you know, and they you know, always bring it up in conversation. 
it's always so, bring it up. It's so annoying because I have a, a friend um, and she she did business. So we I did an arts degree. She actually did like a, a, a degree that people <laughs> might think that is is relevant. I did drama. No one no one wants a drama degree. Um, but um, so she did business and she came out with the first. And I'm like, you were worse than me like you never studied you did your everything last minute how did you get first what? I hate you That's like she, unheard of. I know but she's she's really good because she's just she's like so smart but she's just really down to earth so she like yeah. she's not she's not really like uh boasty about it but yeah she yeah. just came out and was just like oh, I... um, <laughs> <laughs> um but that actually kind of was on my second thing so there's obviously the stereotype that um Asians or the Asian community or Asian parents always want their kids to be very academically um, smart, I guess, yeah. um, without a better word. And, <laughs> and you know, like there's always that stereotype that if you're not doing well or that if you're you're not getting the grades that they want, um, that that's 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 kind of frowned upon, even if it's not your 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 parents, it might be, you know, the aunties and stuff like that. Yeah. Is that something that you is that actually just a stereotype or is that something that you also experienced? Um, yeah, no, no, it's it's very real. I feel okay. <laughs> when you're brown, you have five options when it comes to degrees, yeah. I've narrowed it down. You've got pharmacy, you've got medicine, dentistry, accounting, and lawyer. <laughs> Okay, you get to choose between those five. They give you five options, all right? So at least you get to choose. Yeah. But I think the basis around it is more like your parents want you to have a good life. They want you to be successful. They want something safe. You know, they want something guaranteed for you once you come out Mm. of uni. Mm. So I think that's kind of the way that we see it. And also within our cultures as well, because our parents have worked so hard, they kind of expect us to do the same. Absolutely. And then, of course, it's like the family reputation thing. You know, like, oh, my son is a doctor. And then they ask you about yours. It's like, yeah, oh, um, yeah, no, she didn't go to uni. She's doing an apprenticeship. And they're like, oh, she didn't have a degree. Yeah. Oh, I oh, feel like times have changed though like like it's not as important to get a they degree are slowly changing yeah. I think with every aspect to when it comes to being in a western country when you're not you know originally from there mm. like the more that are the more generations that come from it like we can still see like slow changes yeah um, I mean I've definitely seen that when I compare to the way that my parents were raised to, to how we were raised like of course there's still going to be those like stereotypes and traditional aspects of being Indian as well but yeah. it's not as bad as to them as what they were dealing with because yeah. you know it's it, it I guess like I mean there is a lot of good and bad and you know I don't even know where I'm going with this I'm not gonna lie next <laughs> question <laughs> love it <laughs> Um, so my third question then from um, what you were saying before really was just about now that you know that you have ADHD, like how can you see um, if at all, like how does that affect your work as a pharmacist or um, how do you overcome them? Yeah, so I think it's a very, when people look at me and they're like you're a pharmacist but you have ADHD like it doesn't make sense because you know it's a very intense degree to get Mm -hmm. um, and to also 
be a pharmacist like you know it's a lot of thinking so you know even me I'm like I, I don't even know I don't even like am I even good a good pharmacist like I, I don't, don't even know you know I'm there, like googling the maximum dose of paracetamol <laughs> I'm not actually I'm not it was just a joke guys please <laughs> but um I've been very fortunate that my line manager has been so great about this whole thing like when I started it was just after I'd gotten my diagnosis mm. and I feel because of how much it, it had impacted me I was like this is something that I have to let my employees know and plus I overshare everything like yeah, my too. next door neighbor who I probably speak to like once in a blue moon like oh I made it achieve by the way like, <laughs> you know, it's either one or the other otherwise you don't tell anyone otherwise, yeah. or you just or overshare just, yeah every yeah. little aspect of your life so yeah, yeah um I told her about it and within the first week of induction she had found an ADHD in the workplace pack and went through Aww. it with me for two hours and I sat there like crying at the end of it because it was the first time in my whole life that anyone else besides me had acknowledged that this is something I'm struggling with and not only that they want to help me so mm -mm. it was so much to take in That's and nice. you know she's an absolute angel my line manager like I've got so much love for her she's so supportive really understanding very accommodating um so I think when it comes to ADHD in the workplace I always say tell your employer like some people don't think they want to they don't they they you know they might get judged for it they might be seen as less than because of it so I do see the like hesitancy with trying with explaining it but at the end of the day ADHD will impact you in every aspect of your life. Mm. And if you need that extra support, there is nothing wrong with it. And what is wrong with making your life a bit easier? I mean, if you had a physical disability, they would be doing things to make it easier. They'd be getting you like a special chair mm. or like, you know, giving you a disabled spot, things like that, you know? Mm -hmm. So why do we not see ADHD in the same way? Um, so yeah, like I've, I've been in a lot of communication with her and I think she, we're, we're both learning because this is the first job I've had where I've known this is my diagnosis mm. and it's made things like, okay, this is what's wrong. That's what's wrong. I can't do that. I can do that. So trying to understand my strengths and my weaknesses, and it takes time with a manager for them to understand that as well. Uh, even you as well in a role to see mm. what suits you, what doesn't. And then, you know, over time we've like made accommodations and adjustments. Like for me, she lets me start between the eight, the hours of eight and nine. So whenever I get to work, I then just do my allocated time for that day and then leave because in my induction, bro, I was late every day. <laughs> Third weekend, I was on the phone crying to her because I had forgotten to get change for the car park and no one was helping me with a one pound coin. Oh no. And I was getting really stressed and I was crying. And she just, she was like, it's all right, just go home. It's okay, you can work from home today. And then after I got home and she was like, I was just thinking, I was like, it's my third weekend. I'm literally crying about parking. Like mm. what is wrong with me? So, you know, little accommodations like that. Um, She lets me go, she lets me work at home every now and then, which really helps because when I go to the hospital site, like, being in the offices are very overstimulating. Like there's bright lights, there's phones going off, people talking, there's printers, like there's a lot really. Mm. And it can be really like everything. I, I think it's an ADHD thing or an autism thing. It's that sensory overstimulation that you feel everything is in your head or it's just yeah. on you. Yeah. So, you know, it can make it really difficult for me to focus when I have got like my pharmacy work to do when all I'm there is sitting and I can just feel my bum that's the only I, can't, I don't know how to describe it I can just feel my bum I can hear what's her face next to me talking about what she's had for dinner <laughs> last night and even though she's two seats away from me I can hear it in my ear 
Yeah. I can hear the electricity from upstairs. Oh, yes, yes. I can smell the vinegar off that woman's oh. chips in the corner. You know, the printer's going off. The phone, the ringing phone is literally, mm. that will make me want to rip <laughs> my ears off. And the phones are always going off in these offices. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I just end up getting, like, very angry. And I'm just like, I have to go home. So she she lets me lets me do that. Um, and, yeah, like, it's just, it's a lot of communication uh, with it as well. So, like, I think the, the funniest thing is, like, so she knows I struggle with organisation and tasks and stuff. So she recommended a, a planner. You know, that's the one thing which I always think is going to help is a planner. But you know yeah. what? She's so sweet. She, she genuinely thought it was, like, going to help because yeah. it's helped, like... Um, you know, if she she actually struggles with these things as well. Mm. So it's helped her, this particular planner. I want to go look at it. It was £40. Pounds. I was like, no. I'm, we're in a cost of living crisis. Anyone we just spent £40 pounds on, on paper? Yeah, no, no, no. On paper no, no, no. with some floral <laughs> cover. Uh, but yeah so I basically found like another one which is half the price yeah. and you know I was using it at work with her and she was watching me and then she was like why do you write stuff in it and then put it back in your bag and I was like I don't know is not that what you're meant to do and she's like but then how do you remember what you're going to do if you write it and then put it away and I, I was don't... like that's a good point actually yeah because I don't so, remember it <laughs> yeah so she was just like no wonder you've never benefited from planners because you just write it and then put it back in your bag like <laughs> it makes sense so she's got me in the habit now of having my planner open next to me all the time which you know what mm. it's such a simple simple step but yeah. it makes all the difference yeah um that, that is very but yeah true. now she's uh she's you know I feel really bad because she's always reminding me to do things she's like oh did you do that and I'm just like no mm-hmm. um uh, I'm really <laughs> <do it> <laughs> yeah um it's taken me like two weeks to get through this training which she's asked me to do um because it's very boring yeah I cannot sit there but that's another thing as well she lets me there's some really boring tedious tasks I have to do she gives me more time and lets me do it in like little increments but she sends we're, we're now looking into setting up some kind of software that she can send me tasks and on my laptop and then they kind of like ping up because that's what I need and I need it in my face to just tell me to do it so mm. we're trying to get that sort with I sorted with IT um that kind of thing as well but she also like I said to her that I get very bored you know mm. I need to be like constantly stimulated with lots of things so she allows me to work on like a number of different things within my role which yeah. is really really great so it kind of keeps me busy, um, keeps me doing things. And uh, she lets me handle a lot of complex patient queries because I think it was another aspect of problem solving. We absolutely yeah, love. Love it. Like, so <laughs> yeah, that's that's my favorite part of the job is like, you know, if you give me a patient, most complex patient ever, I'm just I'll like, find yes, it. Absolutely I'll love find it. it. <laughs> I know. I got this patient the other day. Uh, do you know what? Every time I see a patient who's either got diagnosed ADHD or waiting, I'm just like, right, my time to shine, babe. This is my time. Uh, you know, it's like whenever anyone mentions ADHD at work, I feel like it's my name, and I literally just turn around. I'm like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Can I help? You, you spoke. <laughs> so yeah, there was a patient who um was waiting for a diagnosis, and the psychiatrist was uh talking about using uh a, a second generation antipsychotic to potentially help her ADHD symptoms, and I was like, that's really interesting. I didn't know antipsychotics could help that. So. Of course, I sat there for three, four hours looking up on it. Um, I gave the best email to him, by the way. He absolutely loved it. It was really good. Uh, but yeah, there's no like, you know, there's no clinical basis, but it's very interesting because, you know, antipsychotics also work on the dopamine receptors. Right. But if you think about it, they block them. 
and yeah. ADHD medication does the opposite. opposite. So you would think it would do the opposite effect, but um, without making it too complicated, second generation, second generation antipsychotics, the newer ones, um, they don't always block dopamine receptors. They work on other receptors as well. Right. And this so... particular one, which he was looking into, uh, didn't actually work on receptors in the prefrontal cortex which is where adhd is affected so there was that was the kind of basis and i was like wow this is super interesting mm. um but yeah sorry i've like gone off on one but, i'm sure yeah. everybody has just gone just started to search to google whatever it is that you're saying <laughs> um because i'm like holding my hands so that i don't move <laughs> <laughs> but, you know it's really fascinating it like is. i sound like, like such a geek but it's so it's what you like it's what you like and, yeah. and i completely get that like i I, I love to talk about everything I, I like. Like, if you want to talk about electric cars, I can continue to talk about electric cars. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I remember. And, it's like half an hour. You I know. About and, your yeah, car. yeah. And every month, <laughs> mate, we have, we have, like, my, my company's Australian. So every month we get have, like, a team meeting where all of the team in Australia, all the team in the UK have one call. And we, you know, let each other know what we've been doing with our months mm. in our personal lives. And every month I'm like, I don't remember what I've done this month. <laughs> and then one of my Literally. colleagues will go Shauna didn't you do this or have you has your car come yet and then I'll be like yeah. <laughs> oh yeah and I did this and I did this and then literally my boss said to me the other day Shauna I feel like you always say you don't you didn't do anything and then explain all of the things that you did and I was oh, like no. yeah that's the worst <laughs> question I hate it like people are just like so what you what have you done with this week Nothing. and I'm just like I, I literally cannot tell you I've I got out of bed I don't know what I ate for lunch, so why am I going to know what I did in a month? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so I I really, I I can see why you, um, obviously it's really important for us to be in um, a professions that we enjoy. And um, I know that we're we're talking a long time, so and I, I still have loads of questions for you. So I'm gonna I'm gonna move on, and I'm gonna ask you a bit more about. Um, we're gonna go back to what you were saying before, just because I I feel like we've touched on it a lot, so we probably can get past this question quite quickly. Um, mm-hmm. but we were talking about kind of how mental health is received in culture. Now, um, yeah. we've had a lot of people of black descent, either Caribbean or African, who have similar responses from family members when they've discussed or broached the Mm. subject of having a mental health condition um or a mental health diagnosis um and it's not necessarily always received as belief that you do have something Mm -hmm. um and I'm wondering what your experience has been with um obviously you mentioned your dad was on your side so we know what daddy's like um Mm. but that doesn't again both black and Asian families, they're normally quite big and aunties and uncles always have a say as well. So mm-hmm. um, it's not really <laughs> just the response of your parents. And I'd, l- I'd love to know um, how you find talking about mental health, ne- not necessarily even your condition, but mental health with your, your family members, both immediate and extended. So I would say things have probably got a little bit better. Um, but I think there is just that lack of understanding. Mm. And, you know, because... For example, I think the biggest issues I probably had was was with my mum. Like, she is an absolutely amazing woman. Like, she's done so much. She works so hard. But she just didn't understand why I was so upset and so down. And this is what I think is the issue when it comes to our parents' generation is because they have been through so much to get to where they are at this moment. And they feel that they've given us the life that they have always dreamed of. And to them, it's like, 
you have everything. Why are you upset? And then they then feel like you're ungrateful for it. Mm. Um, but what they just don't seem to understand is you could be a billionaire with literally everything any person could want. But if you are depressed, you are depressed. Like yeah. you cannot control it. Like, and this is the the really hard thing for them to try and understand is like you. It does not matter how much you have. Um, it you, it's just it's it's within our our hormones. It's within our brains. Like, it's just it it can also be genetic as well. Um, so I think that's why there's that lack of understanding. Um, I also feel like, particularly with Indian culture, I don't know if this is similar with your culture as well, but it's like back in the day, women just weren't allowed to have emotions. You know, it's like, get off in arranged marriages, have your kids, be a housewife. If you're sad, if you're unhappy, it does not matter mm-hmm. because our family's reputation is on the line. You need to make your husband happy. That's what we've given birth to you for. We have brought you up to be a housewife, to be a mother. That's what you need to do. Mm. So they just kind of ended up suppressing it all or or like, you know, just dealing with it and not actually acknowledging that, you know, if they had a mental health struggle, that it was one, they just had to get on with it. And this was normal life for them. So then they have that, you know, that's what they think. So then when it comes to like having kids who potentially have mental health problems, because that's their opinion on it, they then say that to like their kids without realizing how hurtful it is you know mm. just get on with it you know i had to do abc you have this why are you like just get on with it don't it's know what you're complaining about comparison isn't it well yeah, i did this that, i did this well i, I toxic comparison yeah, yeah. yeah like you know it's it's a really difficult conversation to try and have because if you're there trying to fight your corner it looks like you're dismissing what they've been through yeah but then if they're trying to justify why they're thinking that it's like they're dismissing you mm. so it's a very difficult conversation to have sometimes and you know it doesn't it just I don't sometimes I feel bad when I say these things because it's like I'm talking bad about my you know my mom or like my my parents and stuff but it's it's not that it's just they they, there needs to be a more awareness more understanding like we society has changed so much like the awareness of mental health has grown so much like even back when I was at uni which was oh my god like I started uni 10 years ago Sorry, I need a moment. Like, oh Sorry, my God. You're, you're saying this. Um, I started uni more than ten years ago. I know, but I was. Just, I finished you know, uni ten years ago. <laughs> but you know, I still don't feel like I'm my age. You know, like I'm still struggling to just adult, and now I'm just like it's been ten years since I started uni. Um, anyway, uh, oh God, I'm going with this. <laughs> We were talking about. Yes, we were talking about. Um, and now I said yes. I'm gonna forget it. Oh damn it! Yes, we're talking. Oh right, yes, yes. Okay, so we're kind of talking about intergenerational trauma and um passing on that trauma from between generations. Um, Oh, I know. I was gonna say. yeah. Yeah. So basically. Even back when I was at uni, there wasn't that much awareness about mental health, even yeah. then, really. Um, so it's grown so much, especially in the last five years, particularly with all this stuff with COVID and stuff. And then now you have such a growing awareness of ADHD, which was never, it's never really been a thing. Like even three, four years ago, yeah, um, it was not really a thing. So now it's so big. And because we live in a society where we're so accepting, so, you know, we understand 
and people can be themselves, you know, like people can speak about their sexuality, they can speak about their beliefs, they can speak about what makes them happy and not feel judged to a point, because I know mm. obviously the world isn't a great place, but to a point it was, it has improved. Yeah. And that's why they just can't seem to fathom it because it wasn't really there with their generation. And yeah. I, I always say this, you know, I feel like when we become parents, there's going to be something like this that we just don't understand. I have this prediction. I don't even know if it's right. But I feel there's going to be some lunatic who's going to try and marry their cat or dog. And then <laughs> that is going to be a thing. People are going to start coming out as wanting to marry their pets. Oh and God. we're going to have to have a chat with their with our sons and daughters <laughs> who are trying to propose to their pets. Like, honestly, I don't no, know why. Oh, I've got do you know theory. what, though? There is a theory that neurodivergent people are very prophetic. Now, like, I believe I'm very prophetic and it's funny because me and my, um, so yeah, we, we can like predict the future. Like we, oh. we can like not predict it, but you can kind of see things because we see different things differently. You can kind of go, yeah. this is going to be happening. So at the beginning of the pandemic, I basically re- ran through everything pretty much. We went, <laughs> we were, what was going to happen? Like, really? Yeah. Like people were like, oh yeah, blah, blah, blah. But children, children don't this and blah, 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 blah. And, and I was like, yeah, but X, Y, Z. I can't even remember what those things are now. But then a yeah, year later, I was just and it was say, true. Be careful. The FBI will be knocking on your door. You know, you that's why that? I'm like, mm-hmm. <laughs> You know? And it was kind of like, um, I, I, the views and the opinions that we have about things, we tend to, to do things. So um, one of the examples I can remember is actually me and my mum. Me and my mum have very in-depth conversations about nothing and everything. Mm-hmm. So um, we, um, it was at the time that there was the whole... Um, Megan and Harry were um, engaged and they were mm-hmm. like announcing themselves to the world. And um, we basically just turned to each other and was like, they're going to leave the royal family. They're going to do this. They're go- they're, they're, no then they'll way. become irrelevant. We literally yeah. just was like saying it all. <laughs> and then a year later, a year, two years later, we would be like, do you remember when we were having that conversation? Wow. And like, yeah. <laughs> And it happens all the time with me and my mum. And I'm pretty sure that I got ADHD from her. So that I'm putting her down in the neurodivergent tick box. So, um, yeah, it's it's been, you never know. Maybe we could start, you know, having our children wanting to marry cats. I mean, there is, um, in Japan, they have a declining birth rate. This is the whole ADHD random facts thing. Um, they have a declining birth rate. And um, I watched a piece where they were exploring what people, young people, I guess around our age now, were were, were doing. And they weren't actually like having sex. They were like having virtual relationships with a computer woman. Oh, but you know, that's going to be a thing, AI yeah. and all of that. Like, well, I feel surprised. like Japan and 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 like China and, and that, that side of the world is always a step ahead of everyone yeah, else. Very so, technology advanced. Yeah. I mean, if we had that kind of stuff here, I guarantee that people are weird. <laughs> I wouldn't even be surprised. Like, you know, I mean, it's hard to date. So sometimes I'm mm. like, okay, you know what? You do you. Yeah. Like, you do you know, know what? Like, if that makes you happy, like... <laughs> Um, but yeah, so I, I mean, the last thing that we have to talk about then, um, would be little miss ADHD. So now we know everything about Priyanka. We know that what you do for a job, where you come from, where you lived, um, <laughs> surprised we don't I've know. Said a lot, haven't I? At, at this 
this point, I'm surprised I don't know mummy and daddy's name. Um, <laughs> um, but obviously something drove you to create the um, Little Miss ADHD persona. Um, what got you to be like, I need to do this. I need to be out there. And I guess we can, that's what this is where our social media talk will kind of come in. What, what, yeah. what, what sparked Little Miss ADHD? So um, I already had a TikTok account um, already where there wasn't really like a kind of criteria or like, what's the word, category, if anything, of the content that I was posting. It was just like, you know, my dog being a <laughs> pharmacist, having alopecia, crying every day, you know, just those kind of things. There just wasn't like any consistency. Mm. Um, <clears throat> and then I just started like just posting stuff about ADHD and things. And then... Um, I then came to be aware that I was not the only woman who had gone through what I had in terms of being missed off for two years, not being listened to, uh, feeling like a failure within society because you're not living up to the expectations of being a typical woman, Mm. uh, even harder for us of colour with the kind of expectations that come with it. So I was like, it was a very bittersweet moment because it's like, People can relate to me. It's great. I'm not alone. But also, this is really sad that there are also so many other women who are dealing with this. Yeah. Um, and then I remember I was um, uh, so I was at work and I received an email about some research opportunities. And I love doing research. Like it's a very weird thing for someone with ADHD to do. Like you're going to read through all these papers, really? But for some <laughs> reason, like it's because I can piece all to- the information together and like kind of create my own thing and it's, mm. if it's something which I enjoy then I will do it really really well like yeah. back when I was at uni I did a project on medication errors in prison so it was so interesting um I remember going out there it's literally like prison break uh I'm not even joking it is very interesting wow. uh, but that's a whole lot like I'm gonna stop right there because I'm gonna go off on a tangent <laughs> um so yeah I had an opportunity um you know opportunities within my NHS trust so I reached out and I was just like oh my god it was like a light bulb moment. I was like, I want to do research. What do I have a passion about? ADHD. What do I want to make a change with? So I was like, let me combine those two. So I emailed and I was just like, I've got a great idea. Can you guys please, can we set up a call? Like, I'm not even joking. I felt like I was a manic woman at that point. Like my boyfriend <laughs> had just come in from the gym, absolutely exhausted. And I was there just like jumping around. I was like, look what I'm going to do. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. Um, so yeah, I got so excited. Like I was literally messaging all my friends and I was just like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. Like I had, like, I was feeling so positive because I'd gone through so much of my life not having purpose like Mm. I was like what am I doing here what is the point I want to be able to help people I want to do something to be worth um you know just make it worth everything in a sense have a drive to be alive Mm. um so yeah they were open to kind of me pitching my idea in a sense and then I made a video on TikTok about how I transformed my life and the way I like to say it is ADHD nearly killed me, but it's now my reason to live. Um, <clears throat> because if it. I had not, sorry, it's a nice way to put it. Yeah, yeah, mm. it's, it's a, it's, it's very impactful. I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's on the think, nose. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, to think though, like at the start of August, like I didn't want to be here, and mm. I was thinking of all the ways to not be here to then completely transform my life. It's like everyone says to me, like, I can't believe how much of a change has happened. And you know, so I posted that video saying, like, I'm going to do this to try and help other women. And it ended up receiving quite a lot of attention. And then 
I was like, you know what, I'm a pharmacist, like, I should really speak about ADHD from a healthcare point of view, I think people yeah. would find it really useful, really interesting. So uh, this is really funny as well. So I had an Instagram account, which used to be my personal, then I made it into a fitness account. Then I made it into a nail account when I became absolutely obsessed with learning how to do acrylic nails. And now it's my ADHD account, which I hope is going to be the one it's going to stick to forever. And it's I remember awesome. when I, yeah, I literally was there like deleting all the posts, like hoping <laughs> no one was going to notice. And so I made a new one. I was like, hi guys, I'm sorry. Another change again for you guys who've been here since the start. <laughs> um, so yeah. And then I've just been using that account to like make content. Uh, you know educating people uh, raising awareness but because I know what kind of stuff resonates with people who are neurodivergent my mm -hmm. content is very simple it's very visually you know what's the word like the word's not coming to me aesthetically Sorry? pleasing yeah yeah you could say it like that yeah um <laughs> you could say it like that yeah because uh, I like to make cars like I make cartoons I love yeah. cartoons. so I make like uh cartoons with it you know all these nice colors everything so I make it quite light-hearted as well so that's like my Instagram account and then mm. with my TikTok um you know it's it is ADHD related as well but it covers a lot more stuff like my Instagram is very more like factual and explaining things and you know it sounds really boring when I'm saying it but yeah, I think it's, it's, it's more interesting than than it sounds yeah because <laughs> I, I feel there's a lot of really good content on Instagram mm. for people who have ADHD accounts but I feel that there is a gap to actually understand what ADHD is actually about so like my one of my last posts which um I think was actually really great was uh I'd actually you know created um little doodles and designs of like the nerves and I was right. explaining how methylphenidate actually helps increase dopamine in the body. And people were loving it. Like there was this one girl who said, like, I have learned more in those five min in those five slides that you posted than in a whole lecture at uni. And I, that, that made me feel amazing. But, you know, it's like putting out information that's so simplified, but it's still getting the same impact in a sense. So I really want to educate people. And, you know, I've got so many plans for uh, other posts and everything like um to do about you know the sciencey stuff and make mm -hmm. it interesting and make it fun um but yeah like you know my tiktok has been getting a bit more attention as well and you know i i'm so happy to have made these social media pages because it's it's introduced me to this community with people like yourselves mm -hmm. you know like i feel when you have adhd it's so amazing to finally meet someone else with it yeah you know yeah. It's like, it feels like in a way like imagine like you're like a circus freak in the normal world and then, then you, you finally the found the circus yeah and yeah like, oh we're all the same yeah, you know, yeah. Is, i'm not weird it's not just me <laughs> you know like everyone understands each other you know we all have these little quirks about ourselves like and i feel people with adhd like we're just i'm sorry we're amazing we're so <laughs> funny we're so caring are you okay <laughs> I feel like throughout this podcast, you've just been injuring yourself so much. My bone's just telling me how old I am. That's all. <laughs> so I stick it under the, one of the many hot water bottles you've got. That'll, <laughs> that'll be fine. There we go. <laughs> but yeah, anyways, yeah, I was just raving about how amazing we are because, mm. you know, I think neurodivergent people see the world in a very different way. Yeah, um, absolutely. You know, we have a great sense of humour. We're very caring, very empathetic. Um, you know, we are just really unique people. Um, and that's why sometimes, like, I know people get annoyed with the whole, like, ADHD is a superpower thing. And I do get why it can be really infuriating because 
most of the time ADHD is the worst thing to have Mm. but there are some really good traits about it which you know we should learn to embrace and should learn to love about ourselves because it makes us very unique and it makes us wonderful human beings yeah Um, you know and I feel like because of my ADHD that's why I'm going to be able to do so much within um you know like my career and my job because I've got the passion I've got the care and you know like I'm currently going to apply for an internship uh for research um everyone who's listening please put me in your prayers because I really want this <laughs> basically to <laughs> thank you thank you <laughs> um to look uh and do a scoping review I'm not going to go into what it is because I don't even know exactly what it is uh <laughs> to look at medicines uh management and the role of non-medical prescribers because right. I feel that is a reason as to why there is so much overwhelm with these ADHD services because the only prescribers they have are nurse medical prescribers and psychiatrists mm. and it's like bro why are you not utilizing people like me, the experts in medicines, when we can, we do have the opportunity to become prescribers already. So it's, why are we not going into this field? It's you know? funny so, as well, like you saying that, because how you described your role earlier, it seems to me like you, your your role, your position would be in the perfect place for something like ADHD where like you said we are on a spectrum everything Mm. is different it sounds like someone in your position would be better at at getting the right prescription for people with ADHD because you can then be like okay we're going to do this and we're going to do this and you can balance it and I think you probably have the scope to do that if you're just doing this um so it's it's quite interesting you say that because um now that you explained what it is that you do I actually feel like you should be utilized yeah exactly and that's that's my plan I'm gonna get my prescribing license next Mm. year well hopefully I mean I'm gonna you know just kind of keep pestering my chief of pharmacy until she gets me the funding (laughs) that's a plan and then um I'm gonna try and become a prescriber within this field because it's very very simple things like you know for example a GP if you know someone is getting an assessment for ADHD, mm. why are you prescribing them an SSRI antidepressant? Because these types of antidepressants, they are going to increase the serotonin. But sometimes when you increase that serotonin, it decreases the dopamine. And You're that's right. what we need. No balance. So you're yeah. worsening their ADHD symptoms. You mm. need to find an antidepressant that's not going to affect the dopamine. It's little things like that, because I feel sometimes when it comes to the way that prescribing is done, they they do it very rigidly they have to follow the rules they have to follow you know the abc you got to go down that way you need to start te- um, treating people as patients you yeah. know do things which aren't necessarily meant to be the right way as long as it makes sense and it's safe and you're actually treating the patients and taking mm. everything into consideration but it's like it's little things like being able to help patients manage their medication and you know if they've got side effects what can we do to deal with it is there a different type of time of day you can have it uh yeah. is there anything that you're taking which is actually interacting with the medicine yeah. little things like you know coffee can actually worsen adhd medication and you know when you have medication and sometimes you get towards the end of the day and you're starting to feel really irritable and stuff it's because obviously all that dopamine is leaving your body mm. um and then you then get into this mindset thinking, okay, it's not working for me. It's not working for me. Your dose gets up. But what you all, what you need to start doing is you need to start implementing more dopamine releasing habits into your lifestyle. Because once we get on medication, the things we were doing before, we don't have to do them. Mm. So then when we get to the evening, because we weren't doing those things anymore, it's like dopamine levels are 
all the way down. You're like, oh yeah, so, I need to remember all yeah, of my like there's, there's so much, even with like supplements and, you know, there's things like, um, uh, like L tyrosine or like 5-HTP. These are like uh, amino acid precursors, which help increase. Yeah, that's the one. <laughs> that's the one. Yeah, they help increase the production of dopamine and serotonin in the body because, you know, these dopamine and serotonin, you can't put them into the brain. Like they have to get synthesized into that as well. So these sometimes help, um, you know, go through all the metabolism and all of that to, to make that as well. And not a lot of people know this, but people with ADHD do tend to have a lot of deficiencies in certain vitamins, minerals, and they, they're starting to make that connection. Like I'm going to be making posts on this and stuff because I find it super fascinating. But omega-3, magnesium, guys, get those supplements up. Those are two of the main ones that I've heard, mm. which are good for us because there are so many things which can impact the way your brain functions. It's yeah. insane. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, and did you know 90% of your serotonin is made in the gut? That's why it's so important to yes, have a good Yes, but I only food. know this because somebody else did the research. <laughs> yeah, it's so important. And then you think it makes sense. Like there are actually, that's why they always say have a healthy diet. And you just think, nah, nah, like, you know, I'm fine with the way I look. Like, mm. you know, it's not, but it affects your mental health. It affects mm. the way your brain works. It's crazy. Like yeah. there is a, there is a nerve that goes from your gut all the way to the brain. No way. And, you know, it's, you know, that's another thing which I'm going to look into as well. It's about gut health and like mental health and ADHD. So it's, it's funny so you said this because like um, we had, um, she's not like a specialist or anything like that. And we'd be probably doing more episodes on um, gut health and men- and like just general wellness. But we did a podcast episode with a lady named Penny Jarrett. Um, I have the number somewhere. Um, but yes, yeah, she is the lady of adrenaline. Uh, wellness with the lady of adrenaline which is penny jarrett and that is her nickname and um we actually talked about that so our um creative director kessie she's really into gut health and she was like going in on this wow. and that's, yeah. that's how i got the l-tyrosine as well is is because of that that episode but yes absolutely i learned so much that day that we will be doing more of that as well so if you are happy to share all of that with us um please do <laughs> yeah definitely I'm gonna like I said I'm gonna be making some posts as well so um I'll share with you as well like some of the studies if you want to read them because <laughs> yeah. I know it's a lot but I'll share with you like all the stuff which I found because it's so fascinating I mean I'm looking into stuff about the vagus nerve as well mm. because there is a lot of um there's a connection of the vagus nerve to your brain and there's a there's, there is a link with ADHD symptoms as well. So mm. being able to kind of activate the vagus nerve might yeah. lead to potentially helping leave some symptoms. Like there is so much out there. It's crazy. Like I genuinely feel like every single day I learn something new. Yeah. And it's so fascinating how there's so much stuff out there. And, you know, this is why I want to use my page because I have the capacity to do that. I don't know how. To kind of I'm the one who can read all of these things and then I can put it into bite-sized chunks and then put it on my social media pages so it's simplified mm. and easy for everyone to understand yeah, yeah. so yeah because I think it's so important like for people who are waiting for medication especially like yourself they want to know what else can they do to help alleviate their symptoms mm. are there any natural ways to do that are there any supplements is what else can they be doing you know and this is I think there is a very very big need for this kind of information because mm. fortunately we can't rely on our NHS right now. No, it's, no, not it's if you are waiting to get an assessment, it's it is the, the most awful thing. And I I think what you have done is a very, very smart decision 
because being in that limbo of not knowing if it is ADHD or if it's something else is horrible. Absolutely. You just don't have an answer. No. Like it's so it's so difficult to understand if you are genuinely just uh, a useless like human. Gassing yourself up. Like yeah, that. literally. <laughs> Is that useless human or if you just have a deficiency of dopamine like which yeah, one is it you know like yeah nah, I'm, ju- so, I'm just lazy <laughs> exactly like it's um it's a very very tough time and mm. like you know even before I got my diagnosis and <clears throat> I had a, I had an idea you know it, it is very difficult to to manage because you feel like you're constantly having to defend yourself as well to other people mm. because they're like, no, it's not it. Like you've not even got your diagnosis yet. What are you on about? And it's like, you don't even have any, you don't have a leg to stand on because you've not got it yet. Um, and I think that's, you know, it can really worsen the men- mental health as well. Like this Absolutely. is, this is something which I'm trying to explain to people when it comes to mental health as well and why they need to take ADHD seriously. Like I really feel they have to review the whole NHS system because I don't know who, who is the big boss up there who's giving the money because I feel they put so much money into like diabetes, cancer, heart, like all of those. I'm not dismissing them. They're very important. But there is no money for ADHD services because mm. why else would they be this overwhelmed to the point of having three to four years waiting list? You have, you will not hear that anywhere else. And it's because people don't understand how debilitating the condition is. You think of someone with ADHD, you think, oh, okay, they're running around. They might be a bit, you know, in the clouds. They won't listen. It's all yeah, right. So They'll be fine. It's one thing when you're a child and you don't have any responsibilities, though. It's a whole other thing when you're, you're an adult. adult. It's yeah. so hard. Yeah, like there's increased risk of suicide, increased risk of addictions. like Especially in people of, of colour. Sorry? Especially in people of colour. Yes, exactly. Like, unfortunately, we have drawn the short straw mm. with some of these things. And, you know, being an ethnic woman, it's mm. like double whammy when it comes to these kind of things, you know. So um, they they I just don't think they understand the significance and importance of what it's like to actually have ADHD. Yeah. So, you know, I'm trying to do like little bits here and there what I can, because um, so there's two things So at the moment. Uh, the clinic, which I actually got diagnosed with, um, are shutting down. So imagine take a guess of how many people that leaves waiting because of that. 10k okay they're very dramatic I, I thought I was going to be really impactful <laughs> you know what I can never mind this I, I don't know what's big and not yeah, no anyway it's, it's 6,000 like it's still a lot of amount but you kind of like <laughs> I, oh man oh because I've gone like 3,000 can we go I back can we go back something like that but I, do anyway. you know what I'm very prophetic you see what I mean I just knew where you were going with that yeah so, yeah I mean like still 6,000 yeah. people that's a lot to leave in limbo so mm. I messaged my chief of pharmacy and I was just like what are we gonna do I want to be involved in this yeah. Um, so she is actually really excited to have me on board because she knows how passionate I am about this. This is another reason why I love working for my trust. Mm. They are so open to you doing what you're passionate about and supporting that and everything. So, you know, at the moment, I think they're trying to gather data on how to actually set this up because you have to put people through important training. So it's like, where are you going to get these people from? Are you going to take psychiatrists out from other roles? Mm. Are you going to be hiring new nurses and then training them up? Mm. Um, what are you going to do? So I think they're trying to get information on that. So as a person who, I, I feel like I'm quite a unique person in the sense that I'm a patient, but I also work for that service as well. So I can be like, look, this is what we don't like. Stop giving us two weeks to fill back forms. Stop giving us long forms that we have no help with. You know, stop living us in limbo. Give us some mm. kind of time frame. Give us 
some kind of support whilst we're waiting for this assessment, have some kind of well-being phone calls, people there to give us tips and tricks to kind of manage ADHD whilst we're waiting. They need to start doing these things. So I'm going to be there like, right, you need to start doing this because it will give you basic, basic, better patient care. And then this also when this is also where it all ties in with the stuff about non-medical prescribers, because I'm going to be like, yo, like, employ me. Train me mm. up. <laughs> Get yeah, me that. Yeah. You know, start utilizing other people, you know, start getting more pharmacists in. Because, you know, if you can start freeing up time like that, like imagine you can have a psychiatrist who can diagnose, decide what medication a patient wants, but then you can have a pharmacist who is perhaps, you know, handling the titration and mm. managing that. And if there's anything significant, they can of course refer it over to the psychiatrist. You, but... ha- you have to have have like checkups anyway, don't you? So it's exactly. Not like... So being able to free that appointment can free up for someone else to see them. So mm. it's little little things like this which I'm trying to do. And uh, um, I'm allowed to get on with some training for the home treatment teams. My line managers allowed me to do that. So um, I'm gonna do it around like medicines, but throwing a bit of ADHD in there. I was like just. A, little bit just a <laughs> just little bit so cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah she wasn't even surprised when she saw the plan <laughs> she's not surprised at all she's like, mm-hmm. she was just like make sure you do like you know the important med stuff first and then yeah of course do your adhd bits but yeah do the more like med stuff first uh, i was like yeah, yeah. yeah because the way i Prioritize. see it is, exactly like the way i see it is like we deal with patients who are in mental health crisis so if you can spot certain signs you know you go to a patient's house right it's not been cleaned in weeks. You know, she's not remembering what she ate last night. She's in financial debt. She has literally spent the last 10 minutes looking for her phone. You know, mm. I'm not saying that is all a diagnosis, but it's trying to notice these little, little signs that could potentially be like, maybe she should get an assessment because then that is helping that patient mm. not deteriorate because it could even be that she's in such a bad mental state because she's not treated for her ADHD. That was yeah, me. Yeah. Like, I was in a really bad mental state and it was because of undiagnosed ADHD, which led me to be depressed because of the undiagnosed ADHD. Um, you know, and there could be so many patients in crisis who are like that. So being able to notice these things when you go on the home visits to be like, oh, you know what? Maybe she does need an assessment. Yeah. And then, you know, patients who are waiting for assessments review their medication is any of this stuff actually aggravating ADHD symptoms like mm. I said about the antidepressants yeah. you know if they're on antipsychotics that is going to aggravate ADHD symptoms and make it worse you need to wow. look at changing that medication so mm. you know it's it's so important like everything there's so many links with ADHD and uh, this was another thing which I wanted to mention as well like they have mental health support for diabetes like I'm not dismissing that like but yeah exactly like I'm seeing your face like okay I, all right you know it's hard having diabetes I, I yeah I guess it can be hard like you know I don't have diabetes I don't know anyone with it so I don't know what they're going through there is no mental health support with ADHD and this is such a problem they separate mental health and they separate ADHD and mm. someone who has both gets constantly battered back, back, and, back forth. and forth like yeah. when I went to counseling and I said what I, I needed help with they're like oh but that's ADHD related we can't help with that you need to go back to your clinic went to the clinic oh no 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 you need counseling like we can't help you with that and I'm just like right okay is there anyone who's going to be able to help me with ADHD related mental health is there anyone out there mm. and this is another change that even has just to be trying made. to find an uh a therapist who is affordable and can um be can deal with ADHD 
as adults is very yes. thin is very thin mm. like have you ever had cbt by the way if you don't mind me asking have you ever experienced uh, it n- no i haven't like kind of kind of was kind of doing it um and then i ran out of money so i need to get my ass oh. in gear and get my pip um application sorted because you know that's long and takes two weeks and i <laughs> well i've only got two weeks to do it so i'm like oh i better have the whole two weeks so that i like be in a good place but yeah that's not going to happen yeah um, but yeah, no, so I kind of like just been doing a lot of um, things for myself, trying different mm. apps. So um, obviously go through apps. So I've tried like Inflow, which is kind of like a, a CBT um, ADHD app where you can kind of do it through that. I keep seeing that pop up my Instagram, but yeah. I'm just like, is it is it a scam? Because sometimes you download these apps and you go through all these like questions and they're like, you think that they're really trying to get to know you and everything. And it's like, mm. right, do you want the answers? $7.99 a month. So I'm just like. Ah, uh, yes. Okay. So yes, you have to pay for it. Um, It's kind of like a course. So mm. I obviously didn't. I, I stopped. I started ignoring the notifications as you do. Um, <laughs> but um, it. I like. I found it on Attitude, which is obviously quite a ret- reputable. Oh yeah. ADHD yeah, yeah, app. Um, and they they actually sponsor Attitude or, or sponsor their web webinar or something like that. So in the newsletters, it's always in there, and that's where I found it. And so I I thought it would be a bit. Um, more reputable um there is a, a financial aspect to it yeah so you, you have to pay for it and then they do like a trial and then it's essentially like every day you do like a, a set task so it would be like you're learning about this okay did you have any negative things how can we change that and they kind of do take you through step by step um and then there's this new app which i'm gonna look because i can't remember the name um that i found the other day which is also kind of kind of helping manage um ADHD symptoms which would also kind of be CPT it's called ADHD Numo um and that oh, one is yeah, free on. as far as I'm aware mm-hmm. um there is like more there's stuff you can get on three one and there's ones that you pay for and I've already been ignoring it so I'm probably not gonna think <laughs> yeah, the only reason I'm asking you that is because so CBT is one of the, th- the therapies that's suggested to help um ADHD and mm. I have tried it three times now and I'm just like this is the most unfriendly ADHD therapy ever like let me give you an example like I had this lady tell me to go dress like I'm going to see my grandma when I could I didn't have motivation and I was like okay then they give you all these mood diaries and I'm just like you what you think I can sit there and write things out whilst I'm having a breakdown I mean even anyone who's suffering mental health problems like sorry what um you know and they give you such rigid appointments and it's like right between the hours of nine and 12 you have to make this one appointment every two weeks and if you don't make the appointment they just give it away that you don't have the appointment and it's like lady I work you know I have a job like how, how are we meant to do this um you know, and, and also it's, it's kind of ableist as well. It's it's, it is, it's very ableist. Rem- I've got hello, you have you. you have memory issues. Come on. <laughs> yes. Okay, don't get me started. Wait, I want to make this one point and then I'm going to get back to that. Right. Um. And then it's those poxy questionnaires. Mm. It's so long. And you have to put, you have to rate all of this stuff. And then they, you know, it's a half an hour session and you spend so long just running through the questionnaires. Like, oh, you rated three on that today. You're doing a little bit better now. Yeah. It's just like, you spend so much time on that stuff. And then when you finally try and have a talk about the real stuff, it's like, you don't even, you don't have a chance to do it. So for mm. me, CBT was just like, Ugh. but yeah, speaking about the other bits, which you were mentioning. So um, when I had a first appointment, I told her exactly what I needed and stuff. And that was where she was like, oh, I don't know if I can really help you. So I was just like, right, well, can you at least 
is there anything you can do? So she was like, well, we can try do this, this, this and stuff. And I was like, listen, like, you know, I've waited a year for this. Like, I might as well just try it. Mm. Um, And then I missed her phone call because I forgot and I was working. And then she left me a voicemail. Uh, and I, of course, I got distracted, busy with other things. Uh, and then I randomly remembered the next day to listen to the voicemail in which she said to me, you need to get back to us in on Friday. She left the voicemail on Wednesday. She's like, you need to get back to us by Friday. Otherwise, we're going to have to discharge you. And when I'd listened to that voicemail, I was literally like walking into work. So I was like... I've got stuff to do. I can't ring them right now. Yeah. And then yeah. what is going to happen with someone with ADHD? Are they going to be able to do that? So yeah, I got discharged and that is ableism at its finest. Yeah. Uh, our, our, found, our founder tells a similar story. Like she got um, discharged, dis- discharged um, from, I think, titration because she forgot appointments and it's like, you can't do, you're an ADHD service for crying out loud. Oh my God. Yeah. See what I mean? Like even the ADHD services sometimes aren't being like, you know, that oh, forgotten Friend, words. ADHD friendly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, yeah, put it like that. that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, like it's it's like that. And then you then you wonder why we get so frustrated, why we're so angry at the world, mm. and like, you know, why we just feel so misunderstood and let yeah. down. And it's because everything seems to be working against us. And I feel now as a society, we have got some big changes to make. And as people who are kind of the face of others who have ADHD and are raising awareness for them we kind of have that responsibility as well to as well to like fight for each other and say like look this is important you have to actually consider these things you need to be aware about this like ADHD isn't all fun and games it's Mm. not all quirky it's not trendy like I can't imagine anyone with ADHD who can genuinely sit there and think I'm so glad I have this like it's great it's fun you know (laughs) Like, it's not fun. No. It's, it's horrible. Do you think... I locked myself at the house three times. Oh. My boyfriend had to call a locksmith. We had to pay over £200. Oh, the no. Other day, the other time, he had to come home from work and let me in the house. <laughs> and I had to go have tea with my neighbour who I'd not spoken to in months. And it was so awkward. You know, these things, it's just like a daily occurrence to us. And it's so frustrating. It's like, why do I keep doing this? Why does this keep happening? Yeah. I can't just function as a average normal like human being my 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 worst thing because I work from home so I'm always at home Mm. um and I my my thing that's getting on from like my worst nerves that people just don't understand exactly how frustrating it is I'm really tired of walking into rooms and just not knowing why I'm there like Literally, I, it's like a sim whose car- whose action gets cancelled. Nev- it? Yeah, it's like <laughs> I'm, yeah, and I'm never in the right place that I need to be. Like I will walk yeah. into the kitchen and I'll be like, "What am I doing?" Okay, like, like I was explaining uh, uh, the other day, I was recording uh, a separate podcast, this one, but um, we were talking about what is the most ADHD thing you've done this week, and my ADHD hmm. thing was I went into the living room, got my mug. Hmm. And instead of going to the pantry to get ice or the kitchen to get the juice, I walked upstairs. I did that at work, but I walked into the toilet with the mug. <laughs> yeah, I did I was there staring at myself. And I'm like, right. And we were like, oh. <laughs> like, yeah, but. Uh, <laughs> okay, I'm just going to turn around now. Like, I'm so tired of just being like, why am I here? Like, I found myself in the garden and I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> why am I here? It's cold. Go back inside. Do you know what? Sometimes. If this didn't happen all the bloody time, it could be quite funny. 
Mm. Like, it could be quite funny. Yeah. But when it's constantly happening, it gets so annoying because you're wasting time. You're wasting money. Like, you're wasting mental effort. It's, you know, that's why I don't think people take ADHD seriously because, you know, if you look at the symptoms, it, I get it. Like, you know, you look at the symptoms, you know, like, oh, that doesn't seem too bad. Like, you know, they're not listening, a bit forgetful, a bit mm. hyperactive, a bit mm. impulsive. Like, yeah, it's not that bad. But it's so debilitating. Yeah, especially when you see your bank balance. Don't, please. Like, I'm, I no, literally no, wait, was there wait, crying no, to my boyfriend. Like, okay, no. let's skip. Let's yeah, skip. yeah, let's move it. I, I'm passing comments. Seriously, don't want to go there. <laughs> <laughs> Just avoid that. Avoid that. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Like, it's kind of like all of these little things that you have to like do, like I've got whiteboards everywhere because I, I just need to write it down when, when it's in front of me. And if it's not there, then it's not there. Like, That's a good thing. That's actually white, a good idea. Whiteboards everywhere. Um, yeah. I have, I'm trying to convince my partner to get this like um, photo, um, photo, a digital photo frame that's basically like, just like a huge picture. Um, <laughs> but you can also use it for like, like a natural computer um and mm. I'm like well can we just get my reminders to come up there <gasps> that'd be amazing <laughs> uh yeah yeah I just it's no one uh, because ADHD is a load of things that people experience on an occasion when you explain it to them they can't fathom the frequency in which it actually occurs in your life um and and because of that it's kind of like Oh yeah, well we all get that, don't we? We all have a little bit of ADHDs. Just why are you complaining? Like, you know what I mean? Like, just get <gasps> on with it. And it's kind of like, I understand that you think that you're being um, empathetic, but you're not. You're you're being sympathetic, and mm. it's it's actually not really describing my difficulties at all. Yeah, so, it's funny you say this because I actually made a video where <clears throat> I had like a bad ADHD day. And I thought it was because I was becoming tolerant to my medication. And now I found out it was actually because my GPs had changed my brand. Like, that's a whole other story. Like, oh. l- like they've not done enough to, you know, mess with me. <laughs> anyway, um, so I was having a really bad day. And I was just like, you know what? I want to show people this is what it's like. Like, I'm sick and tired of people not taking us seriously. And, you know, they need to understand. So it ended up actually getting a lot of attention and if you ever see the video, the comments are mostly people with ADHD who mm. are so thankful to finally see someone who is doing, who's explaining how hard it is because it's a very difficult position to put yourself in to be that vulnerable yeah. and say how difficult it is. And this is where, as well, why it's so important that when we're sharing stuff on social media, that we are showing this vulnerable negative side because this is the only way we're going to make change. Um, you know, when it comes to mental health, people have been very raw. They've been very real. And mm. that's why it's been taken more seriously now. And so I think that is the time for us now to actually, because th- we're still dealing with stigma. Um, you know, people aren't taking us seriously. So we need to show them like, no, this is serious because this is literally what happens. Yeah. Um, yeah. And and so final question then, because... um we 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 both know from our, our meeting before we will talk forever oh my um, god i just looked at the time this happened yeah, last time as well i know You're a very dangerous woman to talk to i know i know you're lucky i've got nothing else to do besides just cuddle with my dog the, this the funny thing is, is i do have things to do <laughs> <laughs> um no it won't take me long i've just got some work to a uh, revision to do but um 
So my last question was then, um, obviously what you're doing comes from a very researched background. Now, a lot of the pages on social media, on TikTok or on Instagram that I follow tend to be other ADHDers trying to explain their experience and therefore mm-hmm. educate um, or they've made ADHD their business. So they're ADHD accountants or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but there is a lot of videos that will still come up on even my feed where I kind of look at it and I'm like, you're kind of making ADHD a caricature. Um, Being a content creator, how would you, I guess, how, what's your feelings about like the kind of content where it's just a bit like, "Mm, this isn't actually ADHD. Like you need to be careful about what it is that you're reading or what what you're, you're viewing. How can you separate or what would be your advice to people looking for content, how to find content like yours, which is based on research versus people who are just trying to go like, oh, butterfly, I must have ADHD. So I'm going to look over here and I'm going to be all distracted. And you're just like, that's not really, you're exaggerating it a lot. I know. Like, yeah. So this is where, when I talk about social media, this is like the, you know, the negative parts of it. And um, I will admit, I, like if if people sometimes look at some of my older TikTok videos about ADHD, um, that it could come sometimes come across at that as that. <clears throat> but for me, it's because that was when I was in the first part of my diagnosis journey, and I was kind of piecing together everything. Like I have a video where I talk about what weird habits I had, which ended up actually being an ADHD trait. Um, there's a lot of videos like that, mm. and the thing is, a lot of people just sharing their own experiences mm. because it's like an aha moment for them that this was because of because of that but you have to be cautious to know that one person's experience isn't going to be the same as yours and you know I posted another video about this as well like everyone is going to experience ADHD symptoms in their life every single person but not to the magnitude that someone with ADHD will so Mm. when you are seeing these kind of videos there is this tendency to essentially self-diagnose yourself because of what you're watching because it's it's a very relatable thing you know oh I forgot my keys oh I was zoning up like it's very relatable you know and that's where I think it's becoming messy because people are now very easily you know giving them a label telling you know I've got ADHD because I watched this video and that's me but it's Mm. like no you don't like you've watched one video doesn't mean you have it it's, mm. This is why I say social media is great to open the door because yeah. if you resonate with the video, go do your own research, mm. go consult a clinician and go actually get medical help to figure out if this actually is ADHD or if it's just a video which you just happen to resonate with um, yeah. because, you know, the symptoms are very relatable symptoms. Um, and sometimes it, it does bug me because I see these videos as well and it can make a mockery of the, the disorder you know and I mean it can go one of two ways either that person is just trying to get their views they're you know this is how they make their videos through like funny music dancing I don't know what some of these lot do (laughs) or if you don't laugh you're gonna cry like I deal with my pain through dark humor and meaning me too so you know (laughs) like that's we have to sometimes just laugh about it because Mm. it's the only way we can get through it um but I think now because you know, my following has grown a lot more on TikTok since I first started. Um, it's we have a responsibility that when we make these kind of videos to say 
don't use it as a diagnosis tool. Mm. You know, people's um, experiences aren't always going to be the same. These are my experiences. I'm just sharing that, like take this with a pinch of salt kind of thing as well. Uh, but we also need to start, you know, slowly getting away from like the light-hearted side of it because that's what is causing this whole, you know, issue with everyone now having ADHD yeah. because, you know, that's another reason as to why the waiting lists are so long because so many people are convinced they have it. And and that's not dismissing the people who actually do have it. Mm. But I'm talking about the people who haven't done their research, who, you know, can easily, you know, someone maybe, like if someone, if someone asked me, what are your ADHD symptoms? And I told that to them. A lot of people will be like, oh, I must have it then. And it's like, mm. no, because mm. is this your life? Like every single day of every single minute? No, that's where we need to start making that difference. Yeah. Because, um, you know, the NHS is so overwhelmed and that's part of like the problem of that. And like mm. another another issue as well is like back in our parents' generation, if you think about it, this is another theory, which it, it makes sense. So the jobs and lifestyles that they had, it was very active. You know, we yeah. were out there, we were like laborers, we were farmers, like we were doing things. We weren't consumed by technology. Yeah. Those kind of lifestyles are suited for an ADHD brain. So those, in a sense, were kind of helping to alleviate the symptoms. So people who might have had ADHD wouldn't have even known because yeah. that lifestyle was helping them manage the ADHD symptoms without even knowing. Yeah. But we moved to, our, you know, this day and age now. It's all computers. It's all fast paced. It's technology, nine to five, like go, go, go that's not suited for us mm. particularly with covid and lockdown that was the worst time for people like us mm. so it's no wonder these symptoms start flaring up yeah. and then then no wonder you know referrals are going up cases are going up pair this with the rays of awareness and all of that mm. like you know it is not a new thing it has no. always been around there it has always been around I, I, it's really funny you say that. Like, I, you're just going, oh, this is a good topic to go down, but we're not going to do it. I'm just going to say it's one thing. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, so we are a group of uh, where you don't need a clinical diagnosis in order to join. And I joined before I had my clinical di diagnosis and mm -hmm. I joined this, the biweekly support groups where... I was joined by a load of other people who also didn't have their formal diagnosis. And one thing that I um, found was that a lot of those people like myself, and I guess you, from what you've said, was we started from that one video. So for mm. me, it was a, a video on how to ADHD um, that came up on YouTube because yeah. I was trying to figure out how I could help myself. Mm -hmm. And that came up. And I just resonated and then I spiraled. And that is the main thing that I notice is the difference of people who that I think are self-diagnosing yeah. correctly are the people that are going, oh, whoa, tick, 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 tick. Let me go. And then you're like, Yeah, we research for hours. Yeah. Like yeah. we do, we this is why we are experts in our condition sometimes, <laughs> because we hyper focus and look into every little detail. And that is a very good point, actually. Yeah. Someone with ADHD is more likely to start. You know, spiraling, spiraling mm. and that's all they can talk about and it's mm. like you know it's everything like even now like everyone's fed up of me talking about ADHD yeah me too you know, literally <laughs> like my boy whenever Sammy's mentioned ADHD yeah. he's just like right I'm going upstairs I can't I can't like I'm fed up I'm fed up you've put me through enough you've put me through enough I've had it <laughs> yeah that's very true that is a very yeah you did the, you, yeah and yeah. you did the same thing as well and I think that yeah. that for me is where you can tell if you had it 
Um, and you then had that re- self-realization and not somebody else going, oh, you have it. Because there's obviously people who go, who get the diagnosis without having the realization for themselves. And mm-hmm. those people are also people who have turned around and said, I ignored my diagnosis mm-hmm. for ages and pretended it didn't happen, forgot that I had been diagnosed. But if you ha- are the one who's had that self you've kind of self-diagnosed and you've had that realization for yourself and you've then gone I'm going to look into this I'm going to take as do the diagnostic criteria um, assessment over and over and over again which is like what I do like do you know what I mean like I'm going to yeah. look into this symptom and this symptom and oh this makes sense oh now I understand myself like when I saw it I was just like my life now makes sense. It never made sense until this yeah, very moment. Exactly. So that, um, that is technically what self-diagnosis is. Like, yeah. I think that, you know, perfectly illustrates the difference between kind of seeing a social media video and mm. thinking, oh, yeah, no, no, I have ADHD, mm. rather than doing what you guys are doing, where, you know, and me as well, like you kind of research everything, you do all the right tests, mm. you know, look into it extensively, because it's the, if you think about it, most people who get a diagnosis, they have to self-diagnose themselves initially. Mm. But it's the way that you do it, which is yeah. very, very important. Yeah. So, you know, you, you perfectly. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay. I'm not going to keep you much longer because you're probably as hungry as I am. Um. So my just stomach to... is actually rumbling. Mine too. Like, I was like, oh my God, my mic is going to pick this up. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, so just to round up, we... um have had the pleasure of speaking to little miss adhd aka priyanka um about her diagnosis journey about her experience as a, an asian woman um of indian descent um and getting diagnosed and also working as a, and i'm gonna see if i remember this the second time clinical clinical mental health psychologist pharmacist pharmacist very close oh, you got so it the close. first time yeah and the thing is i know that there's a difference and i i still said the wrong <laughs> Do you know, thing you both start with p and end in cis so <laughs> don't worry it's, it's an easy mistake <laughs> yeah so close okay clinical mental health pharmacist pharmacist <laughs> i was like, I'm like no pharmacist is wrong pharmacist is wrong okay um <laughs> what well, we i i mean i've learned some amazing stuff about um you know, just about pre- prescribing as well. So, you know, what you were saying about um, being able to, if you're on certain um, antidepressants or um, antipsychotic medication, then that can actually make your ADHD much worse. Mm-hmm. Um, that would That's something that very re- resonated to me. Uh, I'm glad that you have also seen the benefits of the um, supplements that I'm buying myself. So you've uh, how how insane was that you literally just whipped out the one that i was mentioning like <laughs> as you mentioned it, i saw it I that, was that's like... where this goes back to like you know i don't know what word you use where you can you know what's happening in the future or something like yeah i i believe you now prophetic yeah <laughs> yeah whatever that word was i'm not going to remember it but yeah that word <laughs> um uh yeah and so i guess that, yeah, that will be my main takeaway from this this our conversation. Um, is obviously there's a lot of similarities between our, our cultures, and I've always said this about any like culture where you're a person of a color or an ethnic minority in a, mm-hmm. a country where you're uh, you're not the majority. Um, but and other than that, like yeah, we've obviously spoken about little Miss ADHD's plans and what you're going to do. But is there anything that you have going on or coming up? in the immediate future that you'd like to share with our um, listeners? 
Um, actually, yeah, like I actually had a digital journalist from Ooh. the ITV News. Whoa. Uh, I thought it was a joke. I literally, I looked for it on LinkedIn because <laughs> I was like, "This, there's no way this is real. Um, but yeah, anyway, she um <clears throat> does content for like an Instagram page, which is like, here is the ITV News or whatever. And I was trying to figure out because there's a lot that is entailed with ITV News. There's little parts of it. So I don't know exactly what part she came up of. All I know is that she works for ITV News. Mm. Um, so yeah, she I did an interview with her actually on Tuesday um, where we were talking about ADHD and social media. So we'll touch upon some of the things that we've spoken about as well. Uh, so I am so excited for that to come out. That will be on my page mm. uh, I don't know exactly where it's going to be posted I mean even if it's on just like a little Instagram page that's still an accomplishment for me yeah. but um you know the, the main thing I you know I want from doing all of these things is I want to make noise like I want people to understand I want people to learn like I don't care about me like I don't want to be famous or anything like that it's like I want my content to be famous you know whatever <laughs> I'm saying wherever I'm posting you know get that out there so yeah. you know I'm slowly slowly starting to do it so I think that was like a huge thing for me uh to be approached for that and I was just like why are you asking me you know <laughs> like I'm just a random small little Indian pharmacist from Manchester <laughs> like why do you want me <laughs> but yeah it was it was amazing it was that's amazing good. and well done. um yeah I'm excited to see how it comes out yeah so, me too yeah. like I will definitely be getting that post I'll be going on to, to look you. for it but so that everybody else can follow you and see that post too um let's confirm your your handle so is it just at little miss ADHD or yeah this is a very touchy subject so I had to get <laughs> creative because there's some idiot out there who has the Little Miss ADHD and it is a spam account. He's oh, not posted no. in years. The worst, absolute worst. I was fuming. Anyway, so just to be clear, it is not that account with, <laughs> I don't even know, I think it's got six followers or something, like not posted in years, but um, it's Little Miss underscore ADHD underscore. That's the best way I could do it. <laughs> like, I thought if I started handing numbers and stuff, it'd get really complicated. And then, I don't know. It was either Instagram or TikTok that wouldn't let me put the the full stop or something. So oh, I was like, yeah. right, okay, fine. What else can I do? So, yeah, I think I'm just gonna I'm gonna stick with that. I'm trying to embrace it, but yeah, yeah, they, I, but I really wanted that original name. They they <laughs> they both are the same. Sorry, they both TikTok and Instagram are the same. Yes, yeah. Just to make yeah. it easier, I just yeah. kept them the same. Yeah. And I'm thinking it's TikTok because I think I have a dot in my Insta name. No, okay it no, might have been somebody else yeah, yeah yeah anywho's <laughs> anywho's that's fine um so yeah is there any other places that people can get hold of you if you want to reach out or want to explore more of your content uh so it's usually just those two pages I mean I have got an email address now because I'm trying to keep everything like separate from personal mm. um there is currently one message sitting in that inbox so you know it's <laughs> I might not even need it because a lot of the communication stuff I do is on TikTok and Instagram yeah but I mean it's is that anyway because the way I see it is like if people had like <clears throat> like some complex medication queries or advice or something you know something which requires a lot of detail to answer like I don't want to just send you like a quick Instagram message yeah. like I want to take some time and send it to you properly um 
I mean, it's an organized podcast and like potential mm. meetups and, and things like that. It's it's just easier to kind of have it as separate. Yeah, I, I'm yeah. the same. Like I have a separate um, e- email account for my Instagram, a separate one for the podcast. But that's also because it's within ADHD, babe. So I want it to be right, ADHD. Yeah. Um, but otherwise, I'm just like, no, you're you're emailing the wrong e- inbox. You need to do that one so that I, I will miss your message if you don't email that one. It has mm. to be that mm. inbox. So I completely get it. But. You know, it's fine because they if they can reach out to you on those social pages, then you can kind of either give out your email address or things yeah. on those bases. It's linked to my Instagram anyway. I mean, yeah. email me if you want. Like, I don't mind. <laughs> if, if that's what you prefer, go ahead. That's fine. Anyway. I need to put another message in there. So, the, you know, the automatic one from Yahoo won't be so lonely. Priya's <laughs> trying to, to get like more than, than 10 in the inbox. So it looks like it's being used. More than six is more followers than than the Little Miss ADHD that we, we're not talking about has yeah. so you need more than six emails in your inbox for it to be real um <laughs> not a fake account <laughs> i might just have to get like my boyfriend to just send me I'll email so you. Like, legit. <laughs> <laughs> right um but thank you so much for joining us i am right, thank sure... you so much for having yeah. me like this has been absolutely amazing like you know you guys are doing an incredible thing like i've already said to you before like you are probably like the first um page or community I've seen for black and non-binary women mm. uh, who have ADHD like it's a it's I feel like anyone who fits that kind of um community is like wh- where do you find your people yeah. you know so it's it's amazing what you guys are doing and you know to have me on as well that we can actually share our cultures and like mm. speak about the differences and similarities and yeah yeah, I think it's. I've had a lot of fun. Oh, like, I'm glad. It's, it's been a lot of fun, actually. I know. Like, I've just kept you all evening. <laughs> yeah, it's, you know, I think I don't think I've had this much fun on a podcast before, actually. Oh, like, well, you know, because I do you know what I feel it's also because I've been really scared with the other ones because oh, it's like no, it's been quite like, new. The but then as well, like you know, you're very easy to talk to. Like, thank you. You have a good vibe about you. I like oh, you. Thank you. <laughs> Tell my employer. No, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> don't forget to reach out to us with a message for our dear babes advice episodes um you can send us a voice note or written message by clicking the links available in the show notes thank you so much for joining us again um feel feel free to um follow us so that you don't miss any future episodes and we're wishing you all a wonderful holiday period um catch you next time bye guys Thanks for listening to this episode of ADHD Babes the Podcast. If you're a black woman or non-binary person and need help and support in managing your ADHD or advice on diagnosis, please visit ADHDbabes.com. No clinical diagnosis is required to join. Join us in two weeks for a new episode. Until then, all the love from the ADHD Babes team.